Hi, I'm Edwards Three, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Hi, and welcome to the special edition of All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Street, on location here on the streets of Rome. We are right in the historic center of Rome, near the Pantheon, outside the church dedicated to St. Mary Magdalene. But there's an amazing saint in the last few hundred years that is buried here. It's a saint that's not as well known, but when you hear about his story, I'm sure you're gonna find it very relatable to your own life. Have you ever had a moment where, uh, a season of life maybe, where you sensed you were supposed to do something? You sensed you were supposed to maybe go in a new direction, take on a new responsibility, uh, make a commitment, try something, really step out in faith and trust God? And then you get into it, you trust the Lord, and, and, and you discerned it, and you think, this is what I'm supposed to do, and it turns out to be a lot harder than you thought. Has that ever happened? It turns out to be really challenging and there's, there's, there's maybe suffering involved or difficulties. It's just not turning out the way that you hoped. What do you do in those moments? You, you thought this is where God was leading you, but things aren't so clear anymore. What do you do in those moments? I wanna tell you about the great saint that's buried here in this church, Saint Camillus, because he faced that challenge and it's a pattern we see in many of the saints. But let me tell you about this great saint. Saint Camillus lived in the 1500s from 1550 to 1614. He lived right here in Rome and he lived a rebellious life in his youth. He had a gambling addiction. Uh, at the age of 24, he literally lost his shirt gambling. Uh, he fought in a battle. He was a soldier for a while and in battle, his, he suffered a great injury. His leg became infected with a serious disease. But eventually at the age of 25, he had a profound conversion. He was working with some Capuchins and there was this one particular friar that was preaching and calling people to repent. And, and he really was moved by this call and repented in his own life, had a conversion and became a serious Catholic. He wanted to dedicate his life to serving those who were suffering. Like he had this lifelong injury uh, in his leg. He wanted to serve those who were sick. And so in the year 1585, he discerned that God was calling him to start a new religious order. So he founded the Servants of the Sick. And he, he launches in this new path of wanting to care for those that are sick here in Rome and around Europe, providing them good medical care, good conditions, healthy environments. He really wanted to love the sick, to love Jesus and those who were suffering. But as he got into this work, as he got into this work, it was really hard. And, it, and there were many challenges and many trials that he faced. And that often happens, right? When we step out in faith sometimes and we, we trust God, we find it's not always easy. And we, we can become discouraged. We can be tempted to think, oh, maybe I'm not supposed to do this. And we can be tempted to turn backwards, to go back to what was easy and what was comfortable and, and what we knew before. Well, that's what he was facing. He was wondering, what is going on here? Well. He was praying before a crucifix, a crucifix that we are about to go in and see. And there was a great miracle that took place in this crucifix. While he was praying in this time of darkness, this time of second guessing, this time of suffering in his mission, he was praying before this crucifix and the arms of the crucifix reached out toward him. And then Jesus spoke to him these words through the crucifix. Listen to these words and how might they apply to you? He said, Jesus said to St. Camillus, take courage, faint-hearted one, 
continue the work you have begun. I will be with you because it is my work. These words comforted Camillus in his difficulties, encouraged him in his time of suffering. Uh, he was told by Jesus to take courage. He was feeling a little faint-hearted in his trials, but he was encouraged because Jesus said, continue the work. I will be with you. This is the refrain, the refrain we see throughout the Bible. God often tells people in the Bible, I will be with you like Moses at the burning bush. Moses was called to liberate the people out of Egypt. Was that an easy job for Moses? Was that a, a, a comfortable, you know, plush role he was taking on? No, he, it, it involved many crosses, many trials. The, the, the people he was trying to rescue hated him and were all mad. Why are you causing all these troubles for us? Pharaoh and the Egyptians didn't like him. It was really hard. But God said, I will be with you. This is what God says to Joshua. He says it to Gideon. He says it to David. He says it to the prophets and he says it to the young virgin of Nazareth. I will be with you. And, and that same God through this crucifix, it's a miracle that took place right here in this cross we're gonna see, said those words to Camillus when he was facing his trials as he was starting out in this new venture. I think about how many of the saints felt this. Mother Teresa, we all know the story, Mother Teresa starts this new religious order called the Missionaries of Charity to serve the poorest of the poor on the streets of Calcutta. Was Mother Teresa gunning for that job? Was she thinking like, oh, you know, I want a new career. I think I'll start the Missionaries of Charity. No, she was very happy and comfortable serving as a Loretto sister, uh, serving the middle-class children in India. She loved her community. She loved her job. But Jesus invited her to step out of that comfort zone and do this really hard work of serving the poorest of the poors in the slums of Calcutta. And in the midst of this, you know, she steps out in faith. She says, okay, I trust you, God. I I'm gonna trust this is what you want me to do. And was it easy for her? When you read her diary, those first several years were complete darkness, isolation. She missed her friends, the sisters. She couldn't be with them all the time. And there was a lot of misunderstanding from those sisters. Why is Teresa leaving us? Why is she starting this new order? And so there was tension there. So the ones that she was closest to, she wasn't as close to. There was friction in the relationship. And now she's out on the streets and she's doing this work she'd never done before. She had to learn basic medical treatments and how to be a nurse. And she didn't know what she was doing. And she was alone. She felt so alone. And in those moments, she writes about how often she was tempted to give up this path and go back to the, the life she had before. It was hard, she wasn't getting a lot of approval process and she, she wasn't getting a lot of traction in her new movement. And, and, and it was hard, she was tempted to go backwards. I think of St. Therese, anyone love St. Therese, the little flower? You know, before she takes her final vow, you know, she's all excited, I wanna be a nun, her whole dream is I wanna be a nun. She came to Rome to, to request entering uh, the, the religious order at a younger age than normal. She went to Pope Leo XIII and said, let me in. And, and so she really wanted to be a religious sister early. Finally, she's let in and before her vows, she goes through this period of great interior darkness, having second thoughts, wondering what's happening, but nevertheless, she persevered and she continued to walk through that darkness and went to her vows and went with great joy. You know, this is what happens when we step out in faith and we follow Jesus. Many times there's gonna be trials. We should almost expect it. I think about a scene in the gospels you're familiar with. It's the story where Jesus is doing all these miracles in Galilee, he's gathering disciples and people are starting to follow him. And then all of a sudden he says, all right, who wants to get in the boat with me? And we're gonna to go to the other side. Now, when you hear that story, you're just thinking, oh, boat ride with Jesus. Sure, let's go. But what he's talking about is not a nice little kind of fun little boat ride on the Sea of Galilee. It's going to the other side. 
So Galilee is where the Jews live, but on the other side is the Decapolis, the 10 Greek cities. That's pagan territory. This is going to for, uh, the first foreign mission. And so Jesus isn't saying, oh, who wants to come see more miracles, hear me preach, and let's get hangout time. It's who's ready to roll up their sleeves and do hard work and step out of your comfort zone and go into that foreign area where you're not used to being and living among those Gentiles, those pagans. Who's willing to go there? And what happens as a result of this, many people say, oh, let me go bury my father first, or oh, I got to go do this little thing over here. I'm not sure. Maybe later, Jesus. Jesus weeds out those who are just interested in him and those who really want to be his disciple. Now, there are people who follow him. The 12 follow him. They dare to get into the boat with Jesus. They dare to jump into the boat and go to the other side. And when they get into that boat, what happens? It's a nice, calm, easy ride across the Sea of Galilee. Is that what happens? No way. There's a storm, but if you read the Bible, it's not any kind of storm. It talks about how there's like an earthquake and there's a massive storm and a massive wind. So it's wind from above, rain coming down from above, the earth shaking from down below. It, this is actually the Greek word. It's, it's the word seismos uh, that, that, that you find there where you think of seismic activity. So everything is being rattled up in the Sea of Galilee. And what does Jesus say when he wakes up and the apostles are freaking out? Oh, Lord, we're going to die. We're perishing. What does Jesus do? He gets up and he rebukes the wind and the sea. That word rebuke, where else does Jesus use that word? Where do we see that word describing Jesus in the Gospels? When Jesus rebukes, what's he rebuking? The demons. He's rebuking the devils. In other words, as these disciples get really bold and generous and trusting God with their lives, radically, and they dare to get into the boat with Jesus, what happens? The devil hates that and he attacks it and he'll cause all these troubles. He'll send all these storms and earthquakes in our lives to rattle us, to get us to doubt we're on the right path, to second guess what we're doing. And, and, and so what, what happens in that moment is the devil's trying to stop the disciples from radically following Jesus. And the devil will do that in your life. If you dare to trust Jesus, you dare to step out in faith, you discern, I think God wants me to lead a Bible study in my parish. Or I discern God wants me to take on this new role or, or, or God wants me to, to, to have this challenging conversation with a friend about the Catholic faith. When you dare to boldly trust God with your life and step out in faith, don't think it's going to be easy. In fact, anticipate that the devil's gonna come and rattle you. Just like he rattled the disciples on the Sea of Galilee, just like the devil rattled, tried to rattle Mother Teresa, just like the devil was rattling Moses, and just like the devil was trying to discourage St. Camillus, our saint, that's right here, as we're standing outside the church of St. Mary Magdalene where he's buried here on the busy streets of Rome. So we're gonna to get to go inside this church. We're gonna pray before the tomb of St. Camillus, and we're gonna go right to that cross that spoke to Camillus. And, and Jesus wants to encourage us as, he, as God has encouraged the saints throughout history to remember you are not alone that when you face these trials, know that it's part of your spiritual battle, that the devil is attacking you probably, that this is spiritual warfare. What do you do in these moments? Three things to take away. First of all, when you dare to really trust God radically, you dare to get in the boat with God, expect that you're gonna be rattled. Expect that the devil's gonna attack you. Expect that you're gonna face moments of trials and difficulties and discouragement. We should just expect that if we're disciples of Jesus. We shouldn't be surprised when it happens. Secondly, what do you do in it? Do not waver. 
do not waver. St. Ignatius of Loyola tells us when you're in desolation, don't make a big decision. Because many times it's, again, the devil is trying to get us to doubt and second guess. And then what, we, what many people do is like, oh, this is too hard. Or, oh, this is a lot of suffering. Or, oh, I don't know how this is working. It's not working out. And he's doing that to get you to, to, to turn away from the important mission God has in store for you. The last thing, so first of all, expect it. Secondly, do not waver. But the last thing, I'll take the words that Jesus spoke in this very cross we're about to see to St. Camillus. God said to St. Camillus, I will be with you because it is my work. Remember, whatever God entrusts to us, whether it's parenting in the home, whether it's a mission in the parish, whether it's some other apostolic work we may be called to do, that it's not our work, it is ultimately God's. And God's the one that wants to see it through. And no matter what difficulties we're facing, Mother Teresa, those early disciples, Moses and St. Camillus and all of the saints, remember that it's not their work, it's God's work. And God is the one with them. And they learn to rely on God through those trials and trust that God is going to complete the work. So with those words, let's take courage and continue whatever God has called us to do to persevere through those trials. And let's ask the great saint here to pray for us. Saint Camillus, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.